Welcome back to Nerd Talk. This is your host, Jordan Halstead. Nerd Talk Nation, we love doing this stuff for you. And so we are coming at you with Thor, the Dark World. And today with me, I've got Micah and Bama. Guys, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Yep, thanks for having us. Yeah. What's going on, Bama? I haven't talked to you in a little bit. Uh, not much. I'm just uh, enjoying some uh, Kenobi. I, I've only watched the first episode so far. Um but I will be watching the second episode here pretty soon. Yeah. Um, what was Basically, it? as soon as he hangs up this this uh, yes. session, he's going to be like, yep, Maybe. I'm going to watch Kenobi episode well, two. Oh, funny funny enough, like, it, what did it drop? Friday? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's Memorial Day weekend, and there was nobody in my office on Friday, and I took my iPad to work, and I'm like, I cannot wait. I have to watch both of these now. So... <laughs> Okay, so Will sends us this text, and he's like, Kenobi's live, boys. And, like, I think it was just you, me, and uh, Micah, and, and Will. And so the three of us are in this text, and I, I know you were asleep at that point. Oh. I'm over there. I'm like, Kenobi's live. Huh. Okay, I'll watch it. And so, like, I think it was, was it Friday or Thursday night? I think it was Thursday night. And I had work the next morning, and I made sure to get at least one of the episodes in. I was like, I definitely have to at least give it a little bit of a chance to know if I'm going to be, like, Oh, I'm gonna watch the second one and stay up to like two or three, or I'm definitely. And I was like, no, this is it's good. I'm gonna wait for tomorrow to watch. The second yeah, the one thing about that is fully... something something like that is I want to be fully cognitive cognitive yeah, about it because like where, if I'm yeah. gonna stay up till two in the morning to yeah. watch, this, I'm not gonna remember it. And I'm gonna have to rewatch it anyway. So it's only a couple of hours till I get up, and it's fine. Everything's fine. Well, anyway, I I've even rewatched them already. Like they were really really good, and I'm looking for more of the details. As like mm-hmm. they're saying, oh hey, like did you catch this? Hey, for those of you who who missed something, did you see this, this, or this? And I'm like, ooh, these are really really good, and I, I like that. And, so. and 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 for our listeners, I think um, I'm gonna start doing this with some of the major films that we cover. But like, I'll go see those movies opening night, like Marvel, Star Wars, DC, whatever it is. And then I'm going to go rewatch them again because I did that with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse yeah. of Madness, and I appreciated it so much more the second time. Same thing with Endgame. Same thing with No Way Home. Like I just appreciated those films because there was no pressure the second time when you watched it, right? Like I mean, it was just so much better to you could go and catch any of. The I'm, I'm relaxed. Yeah. I'm relaxed. I don't have yeah. to really worry about it. Yeah. So anyway, we're talking the Dark World tonight. Yeah, we are definitely talking <laughs> for the Dark World, which I feel like our conversation might go better about Kenobi than mm-hmm. this this film might but you know the, not every every film is going to be a home run success this this amazing grand slam of a film it just it's just not and so but we still want to talk about it we want to talk about the good the bad the ugly and just give our opinions to it so what were your guys' thoughts on the film and did you guys like it more or less than the original thor and i'm going to start with micah because micah you are a resident thor fan so yeah did it, um did it hit a thor spot yeah, it was Thor, all right. No, wow. <laughs> it's a Thor subject. Um, <laughs> we could just keep going, but Bam is probably going to hang up this call. Uh, all the dad jokes. All he's the gonna, dad jokes. He's going to. He's just going to hang up and go watch the episode, second episode of Kenobi. But um, seriously, I uh, was thinking about it today and thinking about it. You know, while we were getting ready to record this, and I'm like, we did a, a the, you know podcast on the first Thor movie a couple of months ago. And um, I really feel like we talked a lot about how um, some of these individual solo outings really hit their stride later on. Like Thor really hits his stride in Ragnarok. Like that whole, I will put up the, 
the gap of Thor and Thor Ragnarok through Endgame up against any other like superhero story. Like it's just incredible character development and it's incredible storytelling and just he becomes he becomes who he's supposed to be in those films. Um, with respect to the dark world, I feel like it was a continuation of what we talked about in the first Thor movie where it was like these directors and producers wanted to just throw 20 ideas up against the wall and just like, and see what's all stuck. right, it, th- this might work. Uh, dark else, um, ether, <laughs> um, portals. Um, sure. Multiverse of madness in 2000, whatever, 12, I think, or 13, whenever that, this movie came out. Um, <laughs> and I just feel like, I mean, I feel like this movie gets a lot of crap. I will watch it from time to time. It's not my favorite, but I, there, there are moments in it. Like that. I really enjoy it. I like when, when Loki goes back to Asgard post Avengers and, you know, he really um, has to a face Odin for what he did in the first Thor movie, but B really kind of uh, be held accountable for what he did on earth and in the Avengers movie. So um, I like that. I like the whole thing when he's in the jail, I like the different, um, I kind of like the dark elves. I think they could have done them a little bit differently, but like, I like the story they told there. Um, I like when they fake Loki's death to trick them at the end of the movie. There, yeah. there are moments in this movie that are really good, but like, I, honestly, like post Thor, like we we talked about how they just threw a bunch of these ideas up against the wall and hoped that they would all stick. That's kind of how it was a continuation, basically for me, which, which is how you know I mainly just felt about the Dark World. I think that there was a little bit more, like they were honed in a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit more. And they didn't throw as many things as the first. I feel like the first one that just, yeah, it, it had no idea what it wanted to be. And I think this one was a, and, and this is really the third time that Disney has held a Marvel film because they, they had just gotten the rights. Uh, technically, mm-hmm. I'm going to put big air quotes here. They didn't actually have publication rights on the Avengers, but they were in the middle of the process and they said, let's let us film it. We're going to let you have the paycheck. Let us like kind of just end it out. But we want to build the Avengers because we're going to take it forward from here. So instead of you guys trying to do something and then we have to either erase it or start over or whatever, we want to start with with Avengers. So this is the official third film that Disney has created, but it's only production wise and in the agreement, it's only the second one. So I think they were still really early trying to figure it out. I think they had a better idea of where they were going. But I think Ragnarok, I mean, it, it just, they they were like, let Taika Waititi take it and go a crazy route. Like, the Guardians of the Galaxy did really, really well. So let's just, you know, see what happens. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why it was such a success. And I think Thor is often seen as more of a, more of a serious kind of character. And so for them to go that route, I think that's kind of what they were going with, with the Dark World. But I, I think they were more... They had more of a vision than what they did with the first Thor, if that makes sense. Yeah, and if I could piggyback off that real quick before we get to Bama's thoughts, I think that like, um, I think they should have and could have done a better uh, job of telling the story of like what Thor was doing post Avengers. Like you, sh- you see him oh, yeah. like fighting those battles on different, you know, uh, different planets and things like that in different areas, like the Nine Realms, but they don't really go into detail on what that is and why that is, and. Um, and kind of like post, I mean, you get more of it in Ragnarok, right? I feel like we're going to piggyback a lot of off of Ragnarok in this uh, episode, but like he still wants to be king and he's not king, but it's post the first Thor movie. And, you know, he, 
he realizes he's not ready to be king and it, it's just this big conflict and i'm like i want that resolution and you don't get that so it's kind of like you have a trilogy of movies um and he just kind of uh is floundering at this point right like he just doesn't know who he is it's almost like an identity crisis we talk about that a lot but bama what do you think of uh thor the dark world yeah this this movie I, I think just really like we've already said struggled to find its its identity and there were just like you were saying earlier Micah that there are good bits and good parts throughout but then I would say the overall storytelling of this just doesn't really get started at really at, at any point I think it it just gives like a basic thing of oh hey the, here's the dark elves they this bad thing happened to them they had the ether and they're trying to use the convergence to to do something to try to ruin i guess ruin everyone else's lives but then it's like well then what what happened to them and i feel like yeah most of them got destroyed by the uh by uh, asgard by the uh, army of asgard but then it's like well what there just wasn't a whole lot of information on who the dark elves were. And I, I felt like I didn't really care for the villains all that much through this uh, because there just wasn't enough to make me care for them. Cause like, if you look at later films, like black Panther, uh, you got Eric Killmonger, you care about Eric Killmonger when you watch that movie, uh, uh, Captain America, winter soldier, I would say Bucky winter soldier is, is the one that you care about him because you know what happened to him from the first uh, Captain America film bringing in the dark elves could have been good, but I just don't think there was enough to, to catch my interest on them. Do you think it's because they didn't build them up? Like the, these characters. Yes, that, that is, about, that is exactly it. I think, I think that like what, what Micah was saying of just throwing stuff against the wall, seeing what's going to stick. Yeah. I think that with these villains and this is a, a early MCU kind of thing. It, it goes the same way that old Marvel and DC movies went, you killed your villain at the end of their film. They didn't come back. There was there was no yeah. multiple reoccurrences. And now that we're building a much bigger universe, they yeah, you going don't back and you don't start to see that until the end of phase two, really, like where they're not yeah. killing yeah. their villains, or at well, least to our knowledge. Well, I feel like the the ones that they they didn't kill in phase one were Abomination, and uh, then you had Loki and Red Skull. So at least three of those but loki shows up in thor and then again in avengers so really like you only killed off two in phase one but then like phase three the first film that comes out in phase three you kill uh your character with with the real mandarin um with adrian <laughs> like like you you do kill him and then you go in and you're like all right phase two you're not off to a great start like iron man killed all of his villains he didn't he didn't care um which kind of speaks to the character of Tony Stark in these movies. It, he's like, yes. <laughs> like it kind of, it kind of plays to that character, but with Thor, like I just, I don't feel like they, the dark elves, which kind of leads into this question of what do we think of them? I just don't think they were solid additions. Mm -hmm. I think that they're easily forgettable. No. They're characters that you walk in and you're like, Oh crap. Yeah. That was the villain. Like I, I forgot that they were in there and they've got the berserker and they've got like all these characters. And I'm like, these these would be really really cool if you use them properly, and I feel like you could have reused them in Thor three, Thor four, and in Avengers, or like, hey, they're in Guardians of the Galaxy, and like you, you could have reused I, them I, 
Go ahead. I think the only other time you see a dark elf is in the collector's collection. collection. I think they're, they're, and that's the only other time you see them. And it's just, you know, Oh, Hey, I remember Thor the dark world. It was a very crappy MCU movie. So like, I mean, it it would have been nice if they had introduced. If you didn't pay attention, you'd be like, Oh crap. Who was that? Like, it's just part of his collection. What's no different than, I think if, no, I was going to say it was no different than the Frost Giants in the first one. You don't really know much about them. You don't see anything post that. Like, it's just, I mean, you know, that's kind of the race that Loki comes from, right? But other than that, like, there's no setup. Right. There's no follow-up. It's just, hey, guys, for the Frost Giants, and then they have that battle with them, and then it's done. So do you think that the MCU is, has poorly handled their alien races? When it comes to, like, building into all this, do you guys think that it's just one of those that they didn't, they were more focused on the story that they were wanting to tell that they failed to tell the story that they needed to tell. My here's, here's something I I just thought of like if in the first Thor movie, because you really kind of introduced the whole mythology of uh, Thor, Odin, the whole um, Asgardian line. If, if you had, if they had taken a deeper look into all of the different realms, all the nine realms, and just given like a little bit of information on them, and then moving forward, like then you would get to know a little bit more about the frost, uh, the frost giants, and then you'd know more about the dark elves. I mean, you don't want to oversaturate it, but you, so just giving I'm, a little bit more would help. Is- go in and do like this whole like grandpa sitting on the edge of the bed reading uh princess bride to his grandson yeah like telling just kind of like yeah like gra- grandpa talks. thor <laughs> or no you got like odin and he's reading the young loki and young thor yeah. and he's like this is the story of the nine realms and like he goes through and like at like it zooms in on the book and like you get to see like oh this is the frost giant realm oh this is where the dark elves come from this is where earth is this is where uh this is where the dwarves come from this is where the 12 where our dwarves are this is where like and and go through that that would have been really cool if they would have done it that way i i kind of hope that moving forward because they there's already thor after four uh chris hemsworth isn't done i think it'd be really cool if like there's a moment where he's like back at new asgard and he's like telling the story to all the like asgardian children like that would be really cool if he if they did something like that where he's just like teaching it and he kind of recaps a few things I like that. I, I really like that. But but back to the question at hand, the dark elves, do you think that they, what were you guys' thoughts on these dark elves? Do you think that they were easily forgettable? Do you think they were good additions? What are your thoughts? I, I think I think they were pretty easily forgettable um, because I watched it, uh, we were recording on a Sunday and I watched it Friday and I, I remembered that, or I had sort of remembered that Malekith was the the name of the main guy and that's really all that we get we don't get any other names like uh and we know that they have whatever that stone is that they use to do like their uh, crazy berserker yeah their berserker form that they turn into uh but other than that I mean there's really not much else to them like if you had given them a, a few more like personality quirks that that they could have uh, shown throughout the film, I think they would have been more rememberable, but just as they are, there's just not much to, to go off of. Like I said, because we, d- we didn't have a lot of information in, in the early parts of, of the film or even in the first Thor movie, if they had done like an overview of the nine realms. Yeah. 
Micah, what are your thoughts? I, I mean, I agree with Bama. Like, I think that they're they're easily figurable. Like, I, I, I feel like they tried to, to build up Malekith, but they didn't do a good job even with that. And, like, he was, like, the main focus of the Dark Elves. They talk about the story. Um, Odin talks about the story within, you know, the first, uh, like, third of the movie. Like, they, you know, when they're trying to figure out what's going on with Jane. Um, and, like, they tell that story a little bit, but, like, they really want the focal point to be on Malekith. And then there's no other, like, you know, there could have been 300 Dark Elves in a field fighting Thor and Loki, but we wouldn't have known anything about them or what they could do or what they, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like, uh, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago in another episode we did, but like, we talked about wanting to do Power Rangers, for example, right? Uh, What were the um, putties? Were they called putties? Right. Yeah. yeah. Like when when Lord Zed took over and the putties came along to beat up the Power Rangers, like you knew that they had to hit him in the chest right in the Z to kill him, right? To get rid of them. We knew what that meant. We as kids, we knew what that development was was supposed to to mean within the Power Rangers storyline. But like with the Dark Elves, all we got was Malekith, and that was it. And he talked a good talk. Yeah. And like he wasn't even very menacing, to be honest with you. Like he <laughs> and like, and like I, I don't even remember. Like, was Malekith like? Was he royalty? Was he like a, a high-ranking captain? Or like, was there any significant title to him? Or was it just, oh, this is Malekith. He's kind of kind of the leader guy. No, eh, whatever. Kind of the leader guy. Yeah, that was all. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. That's, that's all they ever said. And I've seen that movie several times. So yeah, it's just. <laughs> hey, here's here's my friend Mal- Here's my friend Malekith. He's he's the he's the you know. He's, he's I, I, I like him. He's the main he's like, cheese. Of the dark elf. <laughs> he's, the, he's, the, he's the main he's the squeeze main and the main cheese. Yeah. He's the big cheese over here. Um, just don't cut him. Uh, yes. You no, know, I, I don't think that for, I just don't think that they handled it well. And I think this just comes back to, they were not handling villains well at the beginning. And when they started to build Loki and they built Thanos and they started building these really, really solid characters that are villains, Marvel started to see, oh, like they like these villains well yeah we like these villains because they push our heroes to be better they like the better your villain the harder it is for us to like the hero sometimes because we want to root for the villain and then it creates this great conversation we're still talking about these films years later this film did not create that like i think that they still have this whole loki and thor piece which is great and that's a that's a mythology thing but when you come back down to i just I, i think that the dark elves were such a wasted villain set i think that they were not used in the correct way and i think what kills me is that they were after the ether and like i didn't know much about the ether and then at the end they talked at the about uh you know the infinity stone and how it's an infinity stone and i was like that that's not how that's supposed to work like this is a literal liquid like this is a floating liquid yeah. and, and stones so, are solid so i was going to ask you Jordan, like, cause yeah. I, you know, sometimes we, we get wrapped up in these conversations, but like, I, do you know if they were fully committed to telling the story of the infinity stones at this point? Yes, they were, they, they were. Okay. Yeah, they, they, so like this to, is- to, to back up, to follow, to back up and follow up your, with your point, like here's liquid, by the way, now it's a stone. Well, and, and I think this, this is kind of my thought that with the ether being the reality stone, I didn't like that personally but I didn't know what it meant at the time. And when you go and you look at 
uh, end ga- or Infinity War and Endgame, and you see how it the stone is used because there's more focus on on the stones in Infinity War than there was on Endgame. They the Endgame is just kind of like these stones are literally just have one purpose at this point. We're gonna snap and bring everybody back. Like nothing else yeah. mattered. Yeah. But when you watch Infinity War and you see how like you snap and the bubbles happen, you snap and the whole thing kind of shifts and it's kind of more liquidy and it and like the reality shifts kind of like between a gas, a solid and a liquid. And you see how that kind of just that transformation visually. I get it now. Back when I watched this film, I thought it was stupid. I'm like, that's not a stone. Like, don't tell me that someone's going to literally have to pick up this small case, the ether that they, they hand the collector at the end. Don't tell me that that is going to be the physical stone that Thanos is going to have to slap on this. This gauntlet's going to look like super messed up. And in, in which we don't even know like what he did or if he even did anything to turn it into the stone. Because at oh, yeah. that time, yeah, well, we didn't, like we, we, didn't we don't even know. Yeah, we have no idea. He, he only had the power stone at that time. And the, so then it's like, well, what is, what is, no, he had the power stone and the space stone the space before stone. he went and got, and got the yeah. reality stone. So it's like, we, neither one of those would have the ability to conform the reality stone into, or the, the yeah, ether not, into a stone. Because that's what who, the reality has, stone would have done. Well, and then you go in and end game the, rocket and thor go and extract it from jane it's like yeah okay (laughs) how did they do it and i'm like you put it into a stone form how do you plan on putting that back in her because you have to give it back every single time that you take something out you have to put it back how are you doing that so that is why i still stand by i want to see captain america go put all that back they're gonna they they dose her like it's a like it's medicine right it's gonna be like breaking bad but they're gonna like break the rock and they're gonna have to like (laughs) <laughs> no, it's a it's gonna be a vitamin. They're just gonna throw it in their pillbox. <laughs> That's not a vitamin I would want to take. Um, no, but you know we we're talking about this this whole the way it is. What were you guys' thoughts about that? And you know, just going back and forth to the liquid and solid. What what, what did you think watching this film and even watching it more recently than have, after having seen Infinity War, Endgame, all that stuff? And even if you've watched it like Bama, you've watched it since Multiverse of Madness, like. Wanda's powers so much represent the reality stone when she shifted her whole field and like mm-hmm. it, it looked like that. What are your thoughts on how they handle the liquid kind of feel with that? I, I the, this is the only way that I can kind of make sense of of it being a liquid is since it is technically the reality stone and it has the power to I mean change how you see things or just change things completely. I guess in its, I guess a natural form for the Aether would be this liquid form because we see when Malekith does have it and he's using it against Thor, like he's weaponizing it and he's turning it into these shards that he's shooting out uh, towards the the very end uh, uh, when the convergence is happening. And so like we, we see some of the kind of shifting reality power that it has, but it, it nothing just really gets ever explained about why this is a, a, a fluid in in this film, and then it's not a fluid in any other time that it shows up. Um, so it's it's just really weird, and it just doesn't make sense overall. Gotcha, Micah. What are your thoughts? Uh, I completely agree. Like I just think that it, I feel like Bam and I are just gonna like. 
I'm trying not to bury the movie because I mean, I mean, it wasn't like the greatest thing ever, but like I enjoyed it. And but like in its defense, I think that, again, there was a lot of ideas. It was early on in the MCU and they didn't really know where it was going to go. And um, I honestly and if you if you go back and watch some of those earlier films and then you hear today about Kevin Feige and all those guys getting together and doing this big, massive um you know, Marvel retreat where they try to figure out, all right, we're going to plan the next oh, the 10, next 10 years, years. Yeah. of our yeah. of our Marvel universe, including shows and movies and projects and everything else. Like they're ultra prepared now because they just well, they the, get the, they get how the massive formula, it is. The formula, the formula worked. They yes. are a giant in the industry. And it's not just with them. Disney itself is a giant. And then yeah. it's got it's got yes. pillars that, you know, Disney Pixar is a huge pillar for for Disney. Then you brought in Marvel into the fold, and Marvel took off really big. And then you already had Star Wars as something that was big, and they brought it into their fold. And so now you're you're sitting on this perfect trifecta right there. And I mean, not including their National Geographic, not including all their their TV show uh, networks and things like that. ABC Family, ABC. Um, they've got Disney Channel, all that. Like just the the things that they acquired that they brought in. Holy mackerel. And not and not not that this has anything to do with Star Wars, but like I've just noticed over the last couple of weeks since Kenobi, but all the Star Wars stuff that they're going to be dropping this year alone is like oh, yeah. just I, I incredible. Was with Katie, I, I I sat back and I'm like, I thought Marvel was going hard mm-hmm. on how many shows we're getting. I'm like, we're gonna have like ten shows within this year and early next year. It's just Star Wars, just, from, just Star Wars, not including yeah. Marvel. And I'm, yeah. I'm just I'm blown away by the way that, and and I think that it's if it weren't for movies like this we wouldn't be here today. And, 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 and to be fair to you, I think Marvel really laid it on thick early and, and continued to build upon that. And then Star Wars kind of laid back for a minute. And now they're really certain that. <laughs> well, and, and, and what you just said, I'm, I'm going to take it a little different of a route. I think that Marvel storytelling wise laid it on very thick because it's going to lead into this next thought of how do you think Thor progressed in this film? Because this was his, his biggest loss. Mm-hmm. when he loses his mom yeah and so like i feel like the thor we have now this amazing thor that that we're gonna have with thor love and thunder uh later next month and we go through all these different pieces that are coming into play we wouldn't have that character if it weren't for like the fact that he lost loki he lost his mom he lost his dad he lost hella which he wasn't close to hella but still like he's losing all these family members he's lost his people he's lost his throne he gave up the kingdom like he's lost all this stuff and in this movie this is kind of like in the thick of it so what do you guys think about that part with his with his storytelling do you guys think that this was the right move to make do you think that his parents should or his mom should have survived do you think that it was kind of pointless to kill her um what what did you guys think about that i think it's so a couple of things. Um, I lost my mom last year, and um, there's nothing like losing your mother. There's just nothing. And I think if anybody had to die um, in his lineage that would have rocked him the most, it would have been his mother. And, and I think that's why they did what they did. Um, Wow, I'm getting super emotional. Sorry. Um, but, you know, to be fair, 
uh, it set up this path of destruction in his life um, to make him better, right? And we talk about that a lot. And yeah, Jordan, you and I are pastors and Bama, you're involved in the church there. And it, it's just, you know, God doesn't put you, um, this, I'm not preaching a sermon, but like God doesn't get, uh, bring you through things to, um, he didn't say it would be easy, right? And he said that he would get you through it. He didn't say, he said, you know, get into the boat, we're going to go to the other side. Jesus said that. And so he didn't say, man, there wasn't going to be a storm. He didn't say we weren't going to fall out of the boat. He didn't say we weren't going to like, there wasn't going to be a leak on the boat. He just said, get in the boat, we're going to get to the other side. So I feel like this set the tone for Thor's journey. And there's a little bit of redemption in that because in Endgame, he gets that reunion with her. Yeah. Yeah. On the flip side of that, I wish they would have told more of her story and the powers that she possessed. Like they teased us a little bit with what she possessed and who she was. Like, especially when, he, when the guy screams, witch, right? Like at her. And like, you know, we didn't get, we didn't get any more other than that. You're just kind of like, oh, what does that mean? Like, I don't understand what you're right. saying. And so, but, but back to the story of, uh, of Thor, like developing, like this, whether the movie sucked, you liked it or didn't, or it was the greatest film you ever thought existed this this piece of that story set thor on a journey to make him who he is today yeah and so like for me for for people who who walked in this life and have had hardships and i don't care who you are you've had hardships you you walk that journey and you get you go through hardships and those hardships make you a better person if you let them and i think that's what thor did you know out of all the we can stop recording right now <laughs> we, uh, we, you know, Michael, you and I, we, we talk about this one a lot with the fact that Thor has had a journey like no one else. Yeah. And I think that he is probably one of the most relatable characters because people like us, we've lost people. And there's nobody who hasn't lost at least one person. Um, whether it, it directly impacted them, maybe it was someone that, that it didn't directly, it was just kind of more indirectly. Um, I've not lost a parent, yeah, but I've lo lost people who like were my parents in certain mm -hmm. ways. And, and, and I mean, Roxanne Bryant was, was a big one for me. And uh, when, when you lost your mom, I didn't know the exact extent, but I tried to, to be there for you and walk with you through that. And that's part of that's that pastor mentality that, yep. that I've got and then that, that we have. And, um, and that's the Christ like manner that we do. But um, I think that for us to, to see Thor, and it, it's really funny because he's the, and I'm putting big air quotes here, God of thunder, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like a God character is showing the most Jesus. And I think mm -hmm. that it, it's it like showing us and we relate so much more and, and we're, we're seeing that, you know, your situation may suck. You're yeah. going to have those hills and those valleys mm -hmm. because there's moments where he comes up and he's like in the Avengers and he's got that hill. And like, he's like, I'm the strongest yeah. Avenger. Like, come on, let, let's wrestle. And like, he goes in and he has this really cool story in some of the Avenger films, but then he's got the valleys in his, his solo films. And, and there's not like this, this middle ground, like, oh, it's, it's just peachy. Like, just like, they're not these great valleys or, or great mountains or anything like that. It, like, there's no moment where it's just peachy for him. He always has something going on. And I think it's cool that look at where he is now. Like the crap that he went through. Look well, where he is now. Today I saw this this meme, and it's a picture of Wanda, and it's a picture of Thor, and it says at the top with next to Wanda, it says lost her parents, lost her brother, lost vision twice, and sons. And then it's a long list for Thor. It says 
lost his brother, lost his mother, lost his brother again, lost his father, lost Mjolnir, lost Warriors 3, lost his home, lost his eye, lost has lost half of the Asgardi or Asgardians, lost Heimdall, lost his brother again, lost Thanos. <laughs> it's just this long yep. list of things that he, he lost. <laughs> and it's true. I mean, he did. Like, honest to God, he did. Yeah. And it, it's, just, it's really cool to see, though, that movies like this, it shows that loss, but they're just as important to his story. And, like, we would not have Love and Thunder, which we are really, really excited about, like, yes. Like we wouldn't have that film if it weren't for Thor, Thor the Dark World, Thor Ragnarok, Infinity War, Endgame. We wouldn't have that. And I'm and I'm, the, just, I'm really excited about it. And in the trailer that we see, um, when when Korg is telling the story where he, he's like he went from uh dad bod to god bod, like yeah, he was depressed in Endgame and he was overweight. And so you know, like a lot, a lot of people talk about, oh, why why do we have fat Thor? And I'm like you you clearly don't know the the damage that came through this guy and like yeah some people yeah. some people laughed at me and they're like you're thinking way too much into this and now i've talked with them and because i mean that movie came out in 19 so it's it's three years old now uh yeah how how that yeah, that's makes me feel old nuts that, that, i don't like that um but you know when you go in and you see the end game is three years old and and you're like no if you go back and rewatch that film you'll see he's lost everything so yeah, he's he's gonna be depressed. And what does depression help do? Sometimes you gain weight. Sometimes you lose yep. weight, depending on how, how your body type is and how you handle stress. Um, I know that when I went through my stress last year, I lost 20 pounds. Like I just didn't eat. Um, and I worked out a little bit harder than I probably should have. And there were a lot of unhealthy things about me, but um, luckily I got all that that back. But it, it's it's really cool to see how they are touching on loss and they're making it very real to unrealistic characters like there's no god of thunder that just doesn't happen um and so i i love that so we're gonna switch over to, from thor to loki now um what did you guys think of loki in this film we've seen him twice already in the mcu with thor and then the avengers um from semi bad guy getting an army to literally like taking on the entire avengers and like being pretty big level threat uh, and, and wiping out a lot of New York. So what, what are your guys' thoughts on him? Do you like the progression of this character? Or do you think that he was kind of wasted in this film? He shouldn't have, like, there was no need for him to be there. What, what are your thoughts? No, I, I think he needed to be in this. And, and something I, I was thinking about earlier uh, when you sent us the questions, I was like, well, if you think about after Loki gets back to Asgard, and then if you look at the Loki series when he gets a hold of the space stone or the Tesseract and goes away and then goes to the TVA, there's almost like a very similar path that these two parallel Lokis Loki, go through yeah. is, you know, they, they are, are on trial for the things that they have done, whether it be messing with the timeline or, you know, trying to blow up New York. Uh, but then they, they both, in different ways, experience the the loss of their mother, even even though not his actual mother, but the mother that she was to him. And so it was just really neat to sit there and think, you know, after seeing the the Loki series and then coming back to watch this, it's like, oh well, it doesn't matter what you know timeline or or whatever that Loki goes through, he's gonna experience this pain and loss of his mother. However, it however it be, whether he's watching it on a screen or if he actually sits there and you know is told that his mother 
has passed. And it, it really, it, I think the best scene, at least in, in this, in the dark world that I, I like the most because it shows that Loki is not just the mischievous, but he actually has, you know, compassion and, and love for people is when he drops the illusion for Thor and you see every part of the room is just thrown to bits and there's markings on, on the wall from him, you know, probably taking a chair, banging it up against the wall. And you get to see that the 10 man, I mean, you don't get to see him. Yes. You you get to see, he does have a heart. And I think it would have been neat because all we saw after he gets the news is he like kind of flexes and then table and chairs fall over. But I, I think it would have been neat if we had seen him like actually flip and and shown that anger, that anger, or he may have just created the illusion so that no one would actually see him doing such things. But uh, I, no, I think Loki needed to be in this because you needed to know that he he can feel emotion and he does care about someone other than himself. And you get to see that later when he sacrifices himself so that Thor can uh, defeat Malekith. So you had made mention that, you know, this film parallels with Loki really well, just some, some common themes and whatnot. Do you think, and, and not to pull the Age of Ultron here, but Age of Ultron has gotten better with time. Do you think that this is a film that instead of getting better with time, they fixed it with time travel shenanigans and like, because I I can see what you're saying with the whole, that there's a lot of parallels and there's a lot of pieces. He's still on trial for something else that had happened. He's, he's still going through a lot of these things. He he still loses his mother and he sees when his, when he, when he dies, he sees when his dad dies. He sees when his mom dies, he sees Thor, he sees like all these different pieces, but he's not directly there. So do you think this, that Loki, the series, was the answer to fixing an earlier mistake that they said mm, it doesn't sit as well so let's go ahead and, and kind of redo but like fix him for a better trajectory because we want to bring him back i i would say your your comparison to age of ultron while to some degree does work i don't think it works in quite the magnitude that it does because i mean yes this is talking about loki uh fixing uh, Thor or parts of Thor Ragnarok. Yes, it helps with Loki and it makes you, you know, at, like I said, see, watching the Loki series and then going back to this film, it, it makes you appreciate that even more because it's like, man, this guy just can't catch a break. He's always losing. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't say it, it makes, cause like we've grown to appreciate the things that happen in age of Ultron because of all the other things that have happened afterwards and all the, the callbacks and all the things that are referenced from there. And it makes that film overall better, but I would say for Thor, the dark world, yes, it can, it, it enhances some, some specific scenes throughout, but I, I would say as an overall film, it, for some of the other things we've talked about, like the, the villains and some of the storytelling, it just doesn't hold up. Okay. Yeah. I just, I just didn't know what your thoughts were on that one. Micah, what are your thoughts about Loki and, and his progression of the character? And did you think that he should have been in this film or not? Um, 
in my notes, I wrote yes, because he, you kind of had to, there kind of had to be that payoff post Avengers when, um, when Tony caught him and um, the Avengers, I should say the Avengers together collectively caught him. And then you see Thor, you know, taking him in cuffs or whatever back to Asgard. And so, you know, I mean, they could have just not done anything, I suppose, but um I think also knowing what we know now about Loki's story and how pivotal that is within the MCU, um, I think it was important for him to be in this movie. Um, I I think we got more of that. Um, we got more of that partnership, brotherhood between Thor and Loki in this one than we did in the first one, because you know, fifteen minutes into the the. The first Thor movie, they go battle the Frost Giants together, and then he turns his back on them. It's pretty, pretty quick, pretty subtle. Um, and he he wants to be the ruler of Asgard and ultimately the world and galaxy and you know everything. So um, and you know his ego got the better of him. So he, um, I think that it was important to see that he could work together with Thor, and I think it was uh, pivotal to have that payoff of what happened post Avengers going into this film, even if they touched on it briefly, which we got more than that in the dark world. Also like uh, you talk about Loki, the series, I think Marvel does a great job. If there are things which there tend to be very few that we don't like for, for whatever reason within the MCU, the ether, the, the, <laughs> the liquid stone kind of thing. That's a, that's a great example of it. But like, I feel like Marvel does a great job of covering up their tracks when they go back to kind of, fix the mistakes that they made early on and that scene in one of the early i think it's episode two or three of loki season one when loki's in the tva and they're like kind of playing his life they're playing his life story out and he sees his mom die and he sees um you know everything has happened to him especially like uh when when thanos gets to them at the end of ragnarok beginning of infinity war when he finds out he's gonna die like it really broke him so um, you see that real life emotion play out in real time. And I think it was, if, if the stuff didn't happen in the dark world, you wouldn't see what you saw like today, for example. So I think it was pretty necessary for him to be in this movie. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think that he should be here. I just felt like it was a question that, you know, maybe you felt like it could have been either way. Um, I think that if he, if they reduced his part, it wouldn't have been like the end of the world. I don't think that this movie rode on Loki's back by any means, but I, I don't think that it hurt to have him there. I think that it, it like you said, the payoff from uh, Avengers, and then it kind of helps build into what we know now and they're covering their tracks and, and they're kind of just, you know, we, we had a few issues in the past and you know, we're, we're going to redeem these characters. We're going to, uh, we're going to go through some, some changes and whatnot. And so I, I really like that. Uh, as we are wrapping up, I just want to know, how would you rate this film, and do you think that it sits well in the MCU? That's the, that's really the last little bit that I've got that I, I really want to know tonight is, do you feel like this is, like, Mike, I'm going to put it in your terms. Do you think it's Morbius, that it's not that great film, or do you think it's literally Ragnarok? Like, this amazing film that I'm giving two films that I knew that you could, could rate on. What are your thoughts, Micah? How would you rate it? And do you think it fits in the MCU really well? Well, first, let me first say that you brought up Morbius. I didn't. 
and I was going yeah, I to let it leave it alone this entire episode. And I'm, I'm pretty proud of Bama that he's he's he dropped Age of Ultron twice. Um, the two nuggets that we or Easter eggs that we drop in our podcasts, but um, you know, I think I would give it a solid seven, seven and a half. And just because I'm a big Thor fan. Um, and I, I think that a lot of the stuff, you know, as we've talked about it over the last hour, like some of those things needed to happen in order to see what we see today, like to, to, to really kick off. Like, I don't think we could have went from Thor to Thor Ragnarok, right? Like some of those, those pieces, you know, his mom's death, you know, like, unless we got the Ragnarok and they literally killed everybody he knew in the entire movie, like, that that yeah, would that, that would been, work. That would have been brutal. Like that would have been rough. Um, but I think um, some of these things were necessary. And you know, you just asked a question a few minutes ago, Jordan, about the the ne- uh, necessity of Loki being in this film, and and I think it it was very much needed. And I think they focused more so on Loki than they did even Malekith. The Malekith was a villain. So like, I don't know. We we didn't really harp or rain on that, but. Like to, to answer your, your two questions, probably a solid seven, seven and a half, um, being generous. And then I do think it's pivotal to have this film in the MCU to kind of just get us where we are, even if it's one of those, like, um, I guess a bookend between certain films and certain stories and certain, uh, certain character development and storylines, even if it's just to kick those off, like, if you look back at, we talked about this in the first Thor episode, just the way that Chris Hemsworth looked, his outfit, what was it, his eyebrows, his hair, like all yeah, that. His eyebrows. Yeah, ble- bleached eyebrows. Yes, like all of those. I'm still surprised Kenneth Bragnaugh did that to him. Also, I think it's pretty funny. And I, I thought about this the other day. I mean, we can get Bama's thoughts really quick, but like um, Thor 1, his hair looked kind of goofy. Thor, uh, the Dark World his hair was really long and then he gets it all cut off in Ragnarok. It's really nasty because he's fat Thor, you know, in Endgame. I, I'm sorry, in Infinity War, it's still short. And then in Endgame, it's nasty and like almost like dreadlocks. And then yeah. he he's finally kind of back to the original Thor again. Um, in just the Thor Love and Thunder trailers that we've seen, his hair is kind of back to that medium to long, long hair. And it's, you know, he's kind of back to himself. And so it's, it's cool to see that come full circle. Bama, what do you Bama, think? What are your thoughts? It's, it's funny that you mentioned Morbius as a grading scale for this, because that's actually how I was thinking. Like, okay, going, in, going into this, I was thinking, okay, do, do I like it more than Morbius? Do I like it less than Morbius? And I was like, is, is, there, is there something here that puts it over Morbius? And I think what really helps is that this film does lead you into other things in the future. Well, what okay, we've so, already seen in the MCU. So I wanna, I'm going to take it down the road you did. If it was not connected, just based off of, just as a solo film, better or worse than Morbius? As a solo film, or As a solo film, or knowing the the first Thor and I'll, then I'll, going. I'll, I'll this. let you have the first Thor into this. I, I would say it barely goes in front of Morbius. Okay. Because of all the things that we've said, the the villain that you just 
don't know anything about. You actually have kind of a and there's no sweet dance moves from David Tennant. Yeah, there's there, there's no dance moves from from a, a Doctor Who character. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, you got Loki. It's like, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? He's still you know trying to play both sides, trying to do his own agenda. Uh, so I mean, you've got good story bits in here that that I think elevate the film higher than than I would say Morbius does. Uh, I'm not saying it's you know far and above what what I thought of Morbius. So I would say six, maybe maybe to seven. Uh, I, I like Thor, and I think he he's a really uh, interesting character. And as we've said, he has such a crazy journey as he goes through all these films uh but as most people will say thor the dark world is if not the weakest one of the weakest mcu films that is out there well i mean to bama like just to kind of i don't know push back a little bit but like even when you said that whole scene where loki is wrecked about you know learning about his mom's passing uh, that's really cool for me. And then also the um, the scene where Thor and, and, and Loki trick Malekith into mm-hmm. thinking, you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? Where they, they trick him to think he's, yeah. you know, he's selling him out. Or no, they sell out uh, Jane. He he wants yeah. to, to give Jane to Malekith for the ether and all that stuff. But um, I, I don't know if it'd be the worst of the worst, right? Like I, that's pretty harsh. <laughs> I don't know. Uh I mean, that's just my opinion. So yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, I enjoy it. Like I just, I'm, I'm kind of like, I mean, but what you're would also be really partial towards Thor? So no, no, no. Like, yes. To, to that. But at the same time, I, I don't know if it's the worst, the worst if, movie. If, if I had to throw Thor versus incredible Hulk, I think I'd watch incredible Hulk. Oh, uh, like, not a like chance. Personally. But, but I also enjoy that <laughs> film. Like I enjoy that film for the fact that it is without a doubt, the best Hulk solo film that we've ever had. Mm-hmm. That's not saying much because the other right. movie was crap. But well, it's just like the conversation about what's the best of all time, and Jordan we would probably say Winter Soldier, and yeah. you know I would throw No Way Home against that. I would. And you too. know what? I I would say this much. I think that you would even be willing to throw either Ragnarok or Infinity War against it. Yeah, but I don't want to get too deep into the buddy thing or the. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's a great point, though, Bama. Like, I don't know what I would rate worse than that. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's the best film in the world either. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to bat for Thor. I just think it's a little bit. Um, man, I don't know. I don't know. What would be. <laughs> and, and, and like, I, I really kind of give it that rating because if you look at the first two Thor films, it's vastly, vastly different from what we see in Ragnarok and what we expect to see. In Love and Thunder, because it's yeah. the same director, probably the same writing. So it's going to be funny, lighthearted, but it's going to have its serious moments. And with Thor 1, as we've said, they were just trying to figure out what they can do with this character. And then in, uh, for Dark World, it's like, well, we've got to try Because as Jordan said, this is when Disney really kind of took over. It's like, okay, well, we've got to throw some things together and possibly create. we got to get our act you know, together. A, yeah, we got to get our act together, and then we're they we're hit, setting up for future running. films too. They hit the ground running because literally they had Avengers, to. Avengers came out in 2012. They didn't have a second film in 2012, but then immediately went into Iron Man three, 
for 13, and then Thor The Dark World. Then they had two films a year. There's not been, since Phase 2, we've not had a year where there's only one MCU film. Mm-hmm. It went into two, and then it started into three, and this year, is this year the first year we're having four? No, we're having three this year. It was supposed to be four, but they pushed yeah. everything back. So this was the first year that we were supposed to have four MCU films. Didn't happen, which is okay. But then, I mean, next year we're probably going to get three to four. So it's like, and that's not including all the Disney Plus shows now. I mean, Mar- Marvel's yeah. a tank. So for me, I think I'm going to agree with you guys. I think I'd set it somewhere between a six and a seven, maybe seven and a half. And that's me giving it a lot of grace for the seven and a half. I'd set it somewhere between a six and a seven. Um, but I just, I think that this film, it, it deserves its spot where it's at. Um, like in the in the lineup, I think that it does does hold some weight in the MCU that it needs to stay there. I wouldn't say like, in a, in a viewing order, like skip that one because I feel like it helps set up the ether with being yeah. the reality stone. It sets up some Thor stuff because you're not going to understand uh, the the Loki or Thor piece with their mom with Endgame and then Loki. You're like there there are key factors that play into it, and you don't really understand the whole Jane piece either, like how how much of a a character she is because she's going to be back in Love and Thunder. So, like, I, I feel like there's a lot, and then especially Darcy, um, because she shows back up in <laughs> WandaVision. So, so great in like, WandaVision. Like, to have those characters, I think that, you know, they're it's one of my wife's favorite characters. She's an all around favorite. But with that character, I think that this movie created a lot of amazing pieces. The movie was not amazing, but it helps create and kind of. As, as I was talking with the, with the Guardians episode that will release in a, a week or two, um, it's kind of this whole idea that, you know, it's 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 the Walmart brand version of that of of Age of Ultron. It's kind of like you know we're we're coming in. It's not near the impact that it's got, but it's still this piece. The more time that that we introduce these characters, we're we're bringing them back. We're doing certain things. We are paying homage to that. So, um, I love that. I think that's you guys had some great insight and, and great thoughts and knowledge here. So. Guys, thank you so much for being a part of this. Uh, for all of our listeners, guys, thank you so much. We absolutely love doing this. Um, we don't collect a paycheck or anything like that. We just we love podcasting. This this is part of what we do, and we love having the Nerd Talk Nation, the Nerd Talk family, with us. Um, so, guys, if you haven't checked us out on TikTok, you can check us out there. If you want to be a part of this, and you say, "Hey, you know, I'd love to talk uh, nerdy with the guys," uh, you can email us at nerdtalkwithjordanhalstead at gmail.com. That can also give us a couple ideas as well as to what you want to hear us talk about. If you want to give your thoughts or uh, different things like that, we're going to start getting you guys in that way too. So next time we will uh, we'll be talking more Marvel. But guys, thank you so much for following and listening to us. And we will catch you next time on Nerd Talk.